Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there. Thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the steps to creating a real estate business. Now, you may notice I'm not just saying get a real estate license. This is actually getting into business in real estate. Now, you can just get a license and sometimes some people do. Maybe they just want to purchase, be able to purchase real estate property, investment property. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why people get their real estate license. So this isn't exactly to talk to you all out there. This is more for the person who is really wanting to create and start a business. This topic was inspired and long overdue, my apologies, several months ago by someone who had um, asked me why did I get into real estate from professional organizing. And so I said, oh, this is a great topic to kind of talk about because um you know, it's something that a lot of people, it, real estate's, you know, a very, um, uh, it's, it's a very popular industry to get into. There's a lot of interest in it. Obviously, we have a lot of different television shows. I will say if you're like watching Selling Sunset and you're like, ooh, I'm going to go get my real estate license, I caution you. I caution you because it is pretty much nothing like that show. So, but it is still wonderful. It's wonderful in its own way, but those of us in the the business find those shows just as entertaining as you do. Um, But there are some wonderful shows out there. They just obviously don't show all of the ins and outs of the industry and the business. So for that, I will get into um, that with you in this episode. But first, some housekeeping um, that I just need to go over real quick. First and foremost, for those who've signed up for the um, membership, the $9 a month, that gives you access to the member-only Facebook group. Um, my intention with that group is to grow it. I would love to grow it with listeners, people who have questions, people especially in small business. If you're in you know, professional organizing, health and wellness, financial industry, um, whatever, you know, brick and mortar, and you're just looking for a place to sort of collaborate, find support, uh, resources, and also to contribute. Perhaps you have something to contribute to others, maybe help grow your own following, your own business. Definitely consider joining the membership. It's $9 a month. Um, you join it by following the link in the show notes to buy me a coffee. And um, once you do, you should be getting instructions on how to actually join the Facebook group. If you have any questions, just email me oneorganizedmama at gmail.com and I'm happy to guide you to the group. So if you have a invitation to the Facebook group, jump in. It's been crickets. I think people are a little scared over there to to but if you if you just accept it and jump in, do an introduction for yourself, because 
I'm the only one posting in there <laughs> right now. So I really want to kind of build it up. So I'll be giving you guys updates on this podcast to encourage more of you to go over there, jump in. I'm trying to keep it as um, affordable as possible, but yet where you get so much out of it um, as well. So definitely consider doing that to connect with us more over there. There's a, a lot of you guys are really cool people. I think a lot of you would like each other. I'm trying to connect, make some connections among my listeners. So, all right. Um, another little housekeeping note, uh, fun fact that nobody will care about, but my first name is actually Anne, A-N-N. So Janelle is my middle name. I've been going by Janelle since birth. Don't know why. I think my parents just liked Janelle better than Anne. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, the reason I say that is um, my real estate licenses, I have two, one in Nevada, one in the state of Georgia, and my real estate licenses are under my name, Ann Rillat, and just to be compliant because I will be talking about real estate and my business, um, I am going to go ahead and just give my license numbers and brokerages. So Nevada, it's one eight 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 one seven with Select Properties Group and in Georgia, 427552 with Keller Williams Golden Isles. And I'll have those um, in the uh, show notes as well. So just want to make sure that I'm, you know, making sure I'm following all the rules because that being said, there are a lot of rules to follow in this industry. It's there's a lot of compliance. Um, it's it's very, very governed by not just your brokerage, but your state. And then there's actually um, national rules. Fair housing is one, um, a lot of things. And I am in complete support of the rules and compliance that we have to do because ultimately those rules are there to protect our clients and even ourselves. And so definitely something that I am supportive. Um, we're required to do, depending on the state, um, so many hours of continuing education to keep our licenses. And again, definitely something that I actually really kind of love, to be quite honest. Um, my my One of my brokers, I have several brokers, but one of them laughs at me because I actually like taking the CE classes. I'm like, I learned so much. I'm just such a nerd, I guess, when it comes to that. So anyway, just want to make sure that I'm staying compliant and that you are very aware of what you're getting into because it was a little bit of um, um eye-opener for me coming from the professional organizing industry, which there isn't a governing body except for perhaps just a local small business authority within your government um, to going into real estate where there's just a lot of rules to learn, to follow, to stay compliant with. And so, um, but definitely there to, to protect all of us in this industry and our clients. But um, big learning curve for sure. So first and foremost, what's the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor? Realtor. Hopefully <laughs> saying it right. You're not supposed to say realtor. But it's part that's I know it bugs people. So I, I just I always I'm like, okay, real tour and it bugs a lot of people. Um, so here's a difference. Basically, when you decide to get licensed, you go through a real estate school, you have to take um, so many hours, you have to usually do some testing. 
um, for the school, get a certificate of completion, take that on to get your testing done for the state and for the national. So there's a national and a state test you have to do to actually become a real estate agent. Once you complete that, some brokerages and or states or communities, municipalities, whatever, may require that you go on to do the um, Realtor training. So it's for me, it was a two day training. I don't remember the exact amount of hours, but at the end of it, you stand up and you take an oath. There's a code of ethics that are required to be followed. We do follow those. And that's when you get your designation as a Realtor with the little Realtor pin. Maybe a lot of you have seen. That's when that's handed out at that time. Um, and, and even down to our, our, how we sign our email. So, you know, we're, it's very regulated. Um, I know it also is in the financial industries like mortgage and lending and that, um, very regulated on even how we communicate with people. And so at the bottom of our email signatures, our, our brokerages, our licenses, phone numbers, all the appropriate information that needs to be in those. So we're very, very careful um, with a lot of that. So there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to do. But ultimately, that's what distinguishes a real estate agent from a realtor. It doesn't bother me if people call me one or the other. I mean, I am a realtor and have been since 2019. But call me whatever you want. It, it matters not. But for purposes of being compliant and such, I am a realtor. Um, and also part of being a Realtor is that you are a member of the National Association of Realtors, so the NAR. And I'll get to that in just a little bit more. But just so that you know, because I know that question comes up, my clients ask me all the time, they're like, what's the difference? Um, and so there is the difference. Okay. So again, I'm going to be talking about starting a business. I want you to be in the small business-minded frame going forward when you when you have your real estate license. Starting a small business just as you would as a professional organizer or if you have a brick and mortar or you know you're becoming a, a fitness coach or whatever, you really need to have your business hat on when you get started. That's my best recommendation to you. Unless like I said you're just getting your license to buy um as an investor, a lot of this stuff may not um, apply to you. But the very first step I want you to do is I want you to actually do some serious research. And again, there's a lot of really great shows out there. Um, I'm here to say life as a realtor is not like any of those shows. Sometimes they'll share a little bit. They'll Sometimes there's a little honesty or, you know, um, you're like, yeah, that really does happen. Um, you'll see that from time to time. But that's not actually doing real research into the industry. Um, the first resource that I have for you, um, I am with Keller Williams in the state of Georgia. And one of the, it's like their Bible, is The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. It's a book. They have it on Audible. So they have it as audio as well. And great book fantastic book. Highly, highly recommend. So I would use that as a great starting point for um, kind of getting into the industry. Maybe read that right before your 
you start real estate school, see if this is really something that you're interested in. It, it really goes through the ins and outs of it. And it's even great in a market shift, um, which we're in. He does have another book about the market shift, but I will say MREA is really, truly like the Bible. And so it's always a book that you can go back to and reference at any time, no matter at what point in your career, maybe you just need a little refresher, you need a little motivation or something. Absolutely great resource to to have in your library. But you all know I am quite the podcast junkie. So of course, I'm gonna have a list of podcasts for you guys to listen to. My one of my all time favorites is Hustle Humbly. Um, these are two ladies that are realtors active in the trenches selling real estate as we speak, which I really like I really appreciate because some of the other podcasters out there, I mean, they're there to really kind of build a team. Um, they're in primarily for coaching or education, which there's nothing wrong with that. But isn't it kind of nice to like know someone that you're listening to is like in the trenches with you or has been in the trenches recently? It just kind of makes you makes it feel a little bit more relatable. So Hustle Humbly is one that I highly recommend. The next one is the Real Estate Training and Coaching by Tim and Julie Harris. I believe they get out an episode a day and it's really great. I had the coolest experience the other day. I was out showing houses to clients and I knew I had a, a phone call with some other clients and it was going to be having to talk about some tough stuff. And um, and so I was kind of like, you know, it was in the back of my head, kind of bugging me. And so as I was driving, showing houses, I had this podcast kind of running in my car and it, it, it was so funny the exact thing I needed to talk to my clients about came up in one of their episodes. And they were like, if you have to have this conversation with your clients, here are some great tips. And I was like, oh my gosh, um, talk about a little divine intervention there. So that actually helped me feel good. Took some notes down and I was definitely able to walk into that conversation a little bit more confident. So sometimes you just have those cool little moments happen. But once you get into real estate, you're going to hear of two names, a lot of Tom Ferry and Brian Buffini. I don't know a lot about them. I've listened to their podcast kind of on and off. Um, they have coaching programs, uh, training programs, um, maybe even one or both of them have a CRM. And if you're not familiar with the term CRM, Client Relations Management System. So where do you keep all your information and all of that? Um, and so definitely two powerhouses that you'll want to research and check out. Tom Ferry, Brian Buffini. Brian Buffini has, I think he's Irish. He has the coolest accent. Love it. Just love listening to him. All right. Um, the Rev Real Estate, excuse me, Rev Real Estate Agent Podcast by Michael Montgomery. When I was brand spanking new, this was probably one of the first podcasts that I listened to and I devoured every moment because what I really like about what Michael does is that he really talks to, again, the agent in the field and he really does address a lot of stuff that's like you're facing, like rejection. That is something that's really hard. Like when you go out there and you put your heart and soul into a listing presentation and you're like, I think it went really good and 
da da da, but they're talking to other agents. And then you get that call and they're like, hey, uh, so we decided to go with someone else and list our house. And you're like, okay, <laughs> great. And then you hang up the phone and you just want to crumble into a pool of nothingness. And you just feel like I'm a loser. Nobody likes me. What did I do wrong? And you were too scared to ask on the phone. Could you tell me what I could do? or would could do any better, blah, 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 blah. And I just like that. In those beginning years, I was able to go and I could usually find something that he had to speak on that subject. And he just has kind of this easy, cool way that doesn't feel like super pushy or um, high. He's not like over so many realtors and um, especially the podcasts are so high energy sometimes. Like I'm just if I'm having that day where I'm like, oh, I'm not here for it, man. I'm not here for it. I like Michael Montgomery. I'll usually go over to his podcast because I'm like, yes, he just has like a really good calming um, way and sense about him that I'm like, okay, he's just very practical, which I really do love and is needed. All right. Um, rise above the ranks. So if you're a fan of Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles, this is a podcast by James Harris and David Parnes. I don't know exactly how to say his name. My apologies. Love him. They had Tracy Tudor. She's probably my all-time favorite um, realtor on any show. Tracy Tudor. Love her. Um, I will literally like rewatch episodes with her just because I think she's so phenomenal. And especially you see her um, go up against some situations where... um, being a woman in this industry that she shows sort of like some of the stuff that men don't have to face. Like for instance, she was, they showed an episode where she had like her hair up in a top knot or a bun and the the men were commenting on her hair, which is like, nobody would do that to a guy or I don't know, maybe they would. But anyway, just she handles it with, with such grace and intelligence and and I just think she's amazing. So they've had her on Rise Above the Ranks. She should do a podcast. I would listen to it. So Rise Above the Ranks, they have something called The Blueprint. I haven't signed up for it yet. I believe it's like a newsletter that they'll do. But they have really great um, uh, information, a lot of really great ideas. Um, I love their story. They got into luxury because they started in luxury. And they literally started it doing door knocking. Um, so definitely recommend Rise Above the Ranks. Um, women Rocking Real Estate. Now, um, she, I think, has recently changed the name of her podcast, so she may be doing some rebranding. But when I looked it up for this episode, um, it still said Women Rocking Real Estate. Some of the most phenomenal um information out there for setting up a business I have gotten from this podcast. So highly, highly recommend that as have I from Confessions of a Top Producing Agent. Now, I think um, that gal, she hasn't had an episode in quite some time. So you want to go back and listen to some past episodes. Um, But again, especially when it comes to listing presentations, phenomenal. I've gotten some really, really great ideas from her. I feel like, in fact, she was the one doing listing presentations before they were kind of like the thing to do. Um, She really had a really great system that I implemented into my business. So as we are moving on into, oh, let's see. Oh, okay. The last thing I want to say about research is you need to research your local market. 
Again, step away from the real estate shows, step away from your cousin who does real estate in a different state. They're great to talk to in the general sense about your business, but you must know your local market. What is going on? We are in a market shift across the country. Some markets are still in a hyper seller's market. Some are trending towards a more neutral market where I don't know if anyone's quite in like a buyer's market yet, but you have to know your local market. It does not help if you're if you're living in Omaha and you're watching the LA shows. It does not help your business whatsoever to, to be aware of New York or Los Angeles real estate. Real estate is very local. And I will go out on a limb and say, even if you do live in a big city, hyper, be hyper local. Know your own neighborhood. That is going to be the best place to start. Just start educating yourself. Start with a Zillow or Realtor.com um, app and just start looking at houses and you know, I mean, somebody might get, go to open houses, start talking to people, um, stop by new builds, start those conversations, really get to know your local market um, or whatever market you plan to do business in. So definitely do your research. But of course, you definitely need to sign up for real estate school. And I will say that to my knowledge, most there are options online and in person. It depends on what kind of um, learner you are. I did a combination of both. Um, some of the online, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I literally cannot read another thing. This is so boring. I have no idea. So I had to find, I had to kind of get some creative or get creative with some help. And I really do like going to an in-person class where I can raise my hand and ask a question or just say, hey, I don't understand that. Can you explain it again? Um, or when other people are asking questions for me, it's a really great way for me to learn. But you do sign up for real estate school. And once you do, I want you to treat studying as a job. I signed up for real estate school probably the it was like the end of July, beginning of August in 2019. And then I gave myself a deadline, a hard start date of August 15th. And I gave myself a six week deadline to get my schooling done. I was like, this is not going to be something I'm going to be doing three, six, nine months from now. I was going to these classes. I was running into people that have been in the class for like, eight months and stuff. And I'm like, I just don't have that kind of time. I, again, I'm, you know, me in time management, I'm big time manager. So I treated studying as my job. Again, I was transitioning from organizing homes. Um, and so I was just like, okay, the days I'm not organizing are the days that I'm really studying. And there were days that I was studying anywhere from four to eight hours a day. And my family knew it. Hey, I'm going to be up here studying. And I took it very, very seriously. I want you to do this because it's good practice for owning your own business. Because especially when you get into this, you really have to be motivated to, to get going. And so Having that motivation and finding the motivation to study is a great start to having that discipline once you are licensed and getting your business set up. There are a lot of really great resources out there because you are going to run into some 
areas that you're just like, I'm not getting this. And you may get discouraged. Um, um, it's scary to go take a test and you're paying a lot of money to take these tests. And it's like, what if, what if I fail? You know, if ultimately, if you can find someone to sort of mentor you through, that's ultimately the best thing. And that's what I've done for some people in the business. I've sort of mentored them and when they had a question. So in the state of Nevada, we have a duties owed and it's a test question. And I was like, here's what a duties owed looks like in a practical application. And this is when it's applied, blah, blah, blah. That is something that's really great. So again, if you can really have a connection with somebody in the industry that can kind of help you, um, that will help the studying move along. Um, YouTube was a great resource for me for the math. I don't love real estate math. Um, <laughs> and so I definitely needed some help. So I found some really great uh, resources on YouTube just to help me get through the math. But the number one thing that and in fact, he's still going prep agent, sign up for prep agent, he has a podcast, it's not like a podcast that he does on a regular basis. But go to prepagent.com. Phenomenal helped me kind of get over some of the um, humps with some of the stuff that just wasn't quite sticking. Um, highly, highly recommend it. And I'm part of a lot of different Facebook groups um, for real estate. And when this question comes up, a lot of people still recommend prep agents. That's P-R-E-P agent. So prepagent.com. Love the guy. Just love how he teaches. Um, all right. So you are going to set a deadline to take your test. And if you have to tell somebody, I'm not saying tell the whole world, don't announce it on Facebook, but tell somebody, have an accountability partner with us, you know, instead of like sitting down to watch uh, selling Sunset or selling OC, you need to be sitting down and going over your studying. And for studying, I did online, I did in person, I did prep agent. And I did Quizlet. So Quizlet are the little flashcards. And there were so many that were already uploaded in there that were real estate related. So if I was like in a waiting room, if I was on an airplane, I was on something doing some type of studying. That is how serious I took it because I knew I had a deadline. And I will tell you, I started August 15th. I scheduled my test, I believe it was like September 30th, passed it on my first time. And boom, I was done. And let me tell you, one of the most exciting moments ever, because I was like, okay, I made it happen. So you can too. All right. While you're in school, you're going to be told that there are certain things that you need to do. So school is not just the only thing that you need to do to get your license. There's also a background check, fingerprints. Um, sometimes you have to like go get a police report to show that you don't have a police record. There's like a lot of steps depending on your state that are required of you. I recommend that you do this early on. So get into school, start studying, maybe a week or two in, you go out, you go get your fingerprints done, you get your background check um, paperwork or whatever you have to do done because a lot of that stuff expires. So be very mindful of the expiration dates on there because that will keep the pressure on to keep that deadline to get through real estate school. And you can do real estate school. I mean, some people, I've never known anyone personally. Some people claim, oh, I just did it in a weekend crash course. I guess that's possible. Um, 
again, I don't know anyone personally who's actually done that. Um, usually it takes a few weeks, um, maybe, maybe a couple of months. Um, but definitely I encourage you to get that stuff done for two reasons. Number one, to kind of keep that heat and pressure on you because you know that stuff is going to expire and you're going to have to pay again and go sit in that waiting room or get your fingerprints done or whatever it is again. And once you do get um, to the end of school, pass your test, etc., it's already done. Because sometimes some of this stuff actually takes a little time to get. You might have to make an appointment, whatever. It might take a little time to get some information back. So at least you just want those things off your plate. So get all of your background stuff done pretty early. All right, the next step is interviewing brokerages. Now, again, I'm with two different brokerages in two different states. In Nevada, I'm with um, a small boutique brokerage, Select Properties Group. And phenomenal, super happy, um, don't ever plan to leave them kind of thing. We are, um, I have three amazing brokers, very hands-on, learned so much. Um, Wonderful, wonderful um, mentors and um, brokers. In Nevada, I'm with Keller Williams. Um, Really love Keller Williams training. Again, a bit of a learning curve. Um, So much different than coming from a very small boutique brokerage. Um, They have some wonderful programs, Mega Agent, Bold, Ignite. Um, Yeah, (laughs) M-R-E-A. I feel like they have their own language that I'm still trying to learn. But you definitely, I I would highly encourage you to interview the spectrum and see what the right fit for you is. So what do you ask when you go in to interview at a brokerage? Number one, just get it off the table. What are the splits? And if you're not sure, if you're not sure what a split is, it's basically when you get a commission, um, sometimes there are brokerages that take a percentage of that commission. So they keep a percentage and that is basically what you have to pay to um, hang your license with them. So my Nevada brokerage, it's a hundred percent office. I keep a hundred percent of my commission and in um, for Keller Williams, it's a 70-30 split. So I get 70% of my commission up into a certain amount, and then the brokerage gets 30%. So these are the ways that um, brokerages make money. Um, so you may be asking, then, how does your brokerage in Nevada? Great question. They make their money by charging what's called a transaction fee. So for every transaction... Um, there is a fee associated with it. And depending on the situation, sometimes the fees can be paid by the client. Sometimes uh, as a realtor, the, the uh, realtor takes care of the fee for the client, etc. But there's usually a fee associated with it. And so when your commission check goes to the office, that transaction fee is deducted and then you're given the remaining amount. But there are some brokerages that have splits and fees. Another thing I've heard, I've never experienced, but I've heard is pretty common are desk fees. And I think this is where you, if you want to um, rent a desk or office space, um, so ask if there's any desk fees. Um, Monthly fees. So with Keller Williams, in addition to a split, I do have monthly fees. Um, part of those monthly fees are what they call like technology. So they have their own CRM called command and that's what we upload our paperwork to. 
Um, I don't have any monthly fees in Nevada, which makes it nice, especially because obviously I'm not doing a ton of business there at the moment um, until I build my team back up. Um, so it's kind of nice not to have that monthly expense, but I do have one in Georgia. So ask about what the monthly fees are and what do they what do they cover? Because sometimes those monthly fees are covering your MLS dues. So again, in Nevada, I have one lump sum that I have to pay for MLS dues like once or twice a year. But in Georgia, I pay, I don't know, $20 per MLS per month so that I don't have like a big lump sum that I have to take out each year for that. So monthly fees and ask what are all those fees specifically. Then you want to ask about what type of training, especially if you're brand new, who's going to be training me? How do I get my training? Where is my training done? Who is the training person? Um, ask, you know, how you're going to learn about the business, essentially, as along with some mentoring and coaching, if that's if any of that's available. Again, depending on the type of brokerage, some might have something like, like Keller Williams is really phenomenal and they have a great... Um, structure already in place for a lot of the the training and the mentoring. And, um, and so that might be something that you want to sign up for and join and be a part of. Or there might be some brokerages that the broker it the broker themselves are the ones that are really doing a lot of the training. So I've, again, had the experience of both. And it just depends on, again, what you're looking for. But those are definitely questions that you need to ask when you're interviewing brokerages. And that being said, sometimes often you'll have to have a brokerage in mind um, by the time you take your real estate exam because there's some kind of paperwork to fill out um, at the exam location. So you'll you'll want to do this while you're in real estate school. Don't wait until after your test is taken because sometimes you might have to just sign up with someone really quick. Um, I think it's actually a good idea to go in and talk to brokerages before you even start real estate school. Um, Keller Williams, for example, has a program where um, they have, I believe it's called K-Score, don't quote me on that, but it's a real estate school or um, some help. And if you have any questions about that, feel free to to email me. I'm definitely happy to answer and just oneorganizedmama at gmail.com and I can get some information for you on that. So you passed your real estate test, you found your brokerage, you're ready to go. Well, hold on. Before you get to that point, I want you to consider this. Financially, getting into real estate, you there's a lot of expenses, a lot of associated expenses getting into this industry. So here are some of them. MLS fees, NAR fees, brokerage fees like we just covered, marketing fees, so business cards, um, if you do any kind of farming, um, if you decide to do like a postcard campaign, for instance, perhaps training. Um, a lot of times, a lot of training uh, you have to pay for. And in your first year in a lot of states, you have to do what's called post um, licensing. So after your first year, you have to go in and then take um, take more training. So many hours. It's like, I again, I'm so bad at remembering 40, 35, 40 hours maybe for a lot of states to go in and it has to be done within your first year of being licensed. 
So, and it, and it costs, everything costs, just like real estate school, everything, everything costs something. But once you get in, you'll have to sometimes pay for lock boxes. That's something that you can ask um, your brokerage to. Um, again, in Nevada, I'm required to purchase all of my own lock boxes, signage, all of that type of stuff. But with my brokerage in Georgia, we um, can't own our own lock boxes. We have to use what the brokerage provides for us. And those lock boxes are like 150 to 200 bucks each. They're not cheap. Signs, um, copies. And then when you do get your first listing, please use a professional photographer. But it's a little hard when you get that first listing. You're like, really? Because I just spent so much money just to get to this point. Suck it up do a professional photographer. We are um, professionals. This is a professional, professional business. So act like a professional. Don't be one of those um, agents that's using it with your cell phone. I don't care how great your cell phone is. I'm sorry. Uh, This is a controversial topic, but act as a professional. Professionally market your clients' homes. And yes, it's a little bit pricey, but it is well worth the investment. Um, And it does make you stand out among other realtors if you do act in a professional manner. But all of those things cost money. And some of them are required fees. You can't get around them. If you don't pay your MLS dues, you do not have access to the MLS. Good luck trying to show a house if you don't have MLS access. In fact, in some cases, you probably can't. Um, again, sometimes it's required to be a member of the NAR, depending on your brokerage or the area that you're in. Uh, again, you cannot practice unless you are paying those dues. And those dues are upwards of, they're perhaps, I think in the $600 a year range. And it usually like in February, um, those come due. So really, again, as you do your research, Keep a tally of all of the different things that you have to sign up for and pay for. Pretty much every class that you take um, is requires some kind of some form of payment. And so you kind of are going to feel a little drained in the beginning and you're going to be super hungry for that first commission check, let me tell you. But definitely something that you need to go know going into it. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of other fees. And in fact, I'm sure sh- positive the AR that I haven't even covered. But these are are the most uh, common ones. All right, it's your business. All right, here is where I'm going to get very controversial. It's your business. You heard me again. I am in the camp that it is your business. It is not your brokerage's business. If you're joining a team, that's between you and the team. Be aware of what you're signing up for. When you go into real estate, I'm in the camp that says, I own my contacts, I own my business. Um, That means I own my email address. It's not an email address that's provided to me by a brokerage. And I've had those before. um, And I actually stepped away and I've decided not to use them because again, I'm, I don't want to manage more email accounts. And so I just stick with one Gmail address um, that is mine. So it doesn't matter if it's my Nevada clients or my Georgia clients, everyone is emailing me at the same place. And if, if and in the event that I'm ever to switch brokerages, 
I don't have to worry about losing my email. So again, it is your business. The other thing, own your CRM. Now I have a CRM provided to me um, by one of my brokerages. I do use it. Um, It is required to use for certain things like submitting paperwork and transactions. Um, But I will say this, I actually manage my own CRM just simply through Google Docs. And so I like it because it's connected to my Gmail account. So I have every single client, past client that I've done business with, every single lead, every single, hey, I might be wanting to sell my house sometime next year, name and phone number and email address in a place that I can access that nobody else has access to. And in the event, again, that I were to make a different decision, because sometimes it happens, you switch brokerages, I do not want to lose all that contact information. So again, it is your business, own your business when it comes to this. And, oh, I have one more note after this. But anyway, so when you're walking to a brokerage, I know you're going to be offered a lot of different stuff. Obviously, you do want to be compliant and you should be compliant because you don't want to get fined or in trouble or such. But I will tell you this, again, have the mindset that it is your business. This is my business. I set my hours. I create my systems. Yes, we're getting help. We're getting um, supported by our brokerages, by our associations. We, we're, we're utilizing all of the resources that are available to us, but we are setting up our business and it is our business. And as sad as it may be, that's a controversial topic. Um, but I am here because like I said, I, as you guys well know, don't hold back. And I try to be as honest as I can on everything that I talk about in this podcast. So keep your own email. Be very careful with your contact lists, with your database, with your client list. Keep them in a place that in the event that anything were to change or to happen, you still have access to all of your contacts, to to all of that. So there's a lot more to get involved in, um, way more than what I can cover in this episode. So I may do another episode later on about like once you're actually in business and some tips that I've learned to stay organized, um, managing my time really well as a, a as a realtor, um, I'll probably do another episode. So if you guys have questions, please send them to me. You can either do it through the Google link that's in the show notes, or again, just send me old-fashioned email, follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, under my actual name, Janelle Rolat, J-A-N-E-L, last name is R-A-L-A-T. And lastly, I want to end this episode with this final note. Be nice to other realtors. Be nice to other agents. Be a nice person if you're in this business. I have a situation that's actually going on right now where this agent is so rude that, I mean, like, the level of rudeness coming from this woman is mind-blowing, but yet I'm having to engage with her in business. And I don't, I'm not taking it personal. I just realized, I don't know, maybe she's having a bad year, bad month. Um, but it's it just, it's almost to the point of unnecessary. And 
we all have uh, a fiduciary duty to a certain extent um, to take care of our clients. That's completely understandable. Um, and we should all be doing that. But it's really not necessary <laughs> to be completely rude. I mean, I don't know if some people are just trying to be the next like selling sunset star or trying to prove something. I don't know what goes on out there sometimes. But I will say one of the best compliments um that I've had and that I can give to another agent is, you know what, thank you for being so wonderful during this transaction. I always try to just connect with the other agent. And even if we had a tough one, just still say, hey, look, thank you so much for all of your hard work. It was really appreciated and we got the job done. So if you're going into this industry, just do us all a favor, just be a nice person. So makes all of our jobs a little bit easier. So anyway, if you guys are interested in A, the membership, um, join the community. Um, highly recommend it. I really want to start to engage a little bit more with you guys in there. So follow the link to buy me a coffee on the buy me a coffee. If you just want to contribute to the podcast episode, that's always super helpful um, and much, much appreciated. You can actually go in there and quote unquote, buy me a cup of coffee. And that's just a little contribution to the podcast. If you have any questions in becoming a real estate agent and or realtor, I'd be happy to answer some questions. Shoot me an email, oneorganizedmom at gmail.com. Like I said, Keller Williams offers um, in some places uh, education opportunities. So if you're thinking about it, I would be happy to do some research in your area and uh, connect with you. And if you're a realtor, I'm always looking for connections. Um, I obviously do real estate see to shining sea from coast to coast. And I always have clients that are moving somewhere or moving from somewhere. So I would love to uh, connect with you all too. So and you guys should join my my network, join my Facebook group. Um, you never know who, who you'll meet in there. So thanks again for listening. And I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.